Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. You know, Adam, it's been a long time. It has been almost a month since we've recorded this show. Luckily, uh, that has been an amount of time imperceptible to our fair viewer. Yeah, uh, everybody that's watching this podcast right now uh, <laughs> uh, believes that they've had uh, a totally unbroken podcast listening experience because we r- recorded like eight episodes out ahead of where we were. And uh, fortunately, Adam, not much has happened since you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> no significant changes for our show. If anything happened, I wouldn't have been able to tell anyway. I was... Pretty, I was off the internet a fair amount. Yeah, you were uh, you were away in the land of Spain. I was, I was, I was eating a ton of ham. One pretty ridiculous thing we did before you left, though, was record a little opener on the idea that we may be going on the Max Fun Network, and uh, I was very glad that we did record that because we did, in fact, go on the Max Fun Network while yeah. you were away in Spain, and. Uh, so I would just love to say welcome to all of our new listeners, and if you are were an existing listener uh, who was interested in supporting our show, there is now a way to do that. Um, we've definitely gotten a few emails about you know whether we have a Patreon or somewhere people could go to help us make this show, and uh, we didn't really have a great answer before now. Yeah, we've turned down a lot of money. That uh, that our listeners have wanted to give us. Yeah, we we have left dough on the table. Yeah, but uh, if you are a listener and you like the show enough to say like I want to put five or ten bucks a month toward making this a continuing thing, that's something we'd really appreciate. If you go to maximumfund.org/slash/donate, it's uh, it's real easy to do. Yeah, I think I think one of the cool things about the network is they make it really easy for people to support the shows that they like. So leave a cu- leave a couple of scarves on the uh, on the ten forward bar for your guinans. Yeah, I mean, Lord knows I'm going to need uh, money for a divorce attorney. So <laughs> I'd really appreciate whatever help you could give me. Yeah, I mean, up until CBS starts paying us to write the new Star Trek show. There's a Twitter account. I don't know if it's a real one or not, but it's it's the Star Trek writers room for the upcoming show. What? Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. I I I, I, I wish I did that. I I I I found it and then didn't uh didn't actually remember to follow it. But uh Oh, so, do you don't you know the handle? I think it might be just Star Trek writers room. I don't know. I wish I, I Is wish, it real? That's that is a a question that was in my mind when I looked at it. Uh, it seemed real-ish. Like it definitely wasn't a joke account. But oh, it's got a blue check. Oh, Official nice Twitter account for the writers' room of the new Star Trek series. What the hell? We've got to hammer this Twitter page. Yeah, well, with, with greatest gen shit. Yeah, the two ways that you can support our show are maximumfun.org/slash/donate <laughs> and the Star Trek writers' room Twitter account. Wow, yeah, it's at Star Trek Room if you're on Twitter. Good Lord, are they in trouble now. 
I thought Star Trek room was just the name of the uh, the special place behind the bookcase in my apartment. Yeah, it's the guest bedroom closet where I go to record this show. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. We've got on the show today, season two, episode 11, Contagion. It's the episode that's basically one big call to the IT help desk. <laughs> yeah, the, before that was a, a, a cliche, too. So this episode starts. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is coming back from a business trip to China, and <laughs> she, uh, she dies of a mysterious illness, which is very upsetting to her husband, Matt Damon. Unfortunately, she did die. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amos, your wife is dead. I've seen that movie. Why are you laughing? Did I watch the same episode as you? <laughs> oh, man. I think you, you might have watched a much better episode than I did, <laughs> if that's the case. The Enterprise is, uh, is, is powering into the neutral zone, which is always a tense situation, because the Yamato, the sister ship of, of the Enterprise, uh, which we previously saw as an imagined uh, thing in that uh, crazy aliens uh, rat trap. Inside Nagellum's butthole. Neg- yeah, Nagellum's, Nagellum's hole. Uh, <laughs> deep in that hole. Yeah. Yamato was all up in that hole. Uh, oh, yeah, all the way in it. The uh, the Yamato's having some computer problems, all kinds of malfunctions all over the ship, and uh, Picard is on the, on the FaceTime with... Uh, the Amato's captain. It's good to see you again, Jean-Luc. He's like, yeah, maybe, maybe like, maybe these galaxy-class ships are just not, you know, they're not ready for prime time. They're, they might, this might be like the beta version of the software, and we needed to like keep it in beta a little longer before we ironed out all the kinks. It's kind of a weird idea. Like we have been told from the beginning that this galaxy-class ship is the best ship that you can get it's the cadillac of starships yeah oh the the doors close so nice yeah i mean the idea that this thing could uh like you you turn the key and and it drives you through the garage like that idea is kind of kind of a foreign concept yeah and i mean like the, there's all these references to that all through this episode like i think at one point geordie says that a galaxy-class starship is the most sophisticated piece of machinery ever built. Which is like a real arrogant piece of bullshit yeah. for somebody to say, given that they're on a ship that routinely comes in contact with species that appear to be capable of overpowering it. <laughs> yeah, how weird. I'm not sure who signed off on that bit of on that bit of dialogue. So the Yamato is looking pretty creepy out there. It's like uh, it's like the house on your street. Uh, with the uh, with the lights blinking on and off for no reason, <laughs> like it's it's sort of a, got a haunted house vibe over there. What adds to the vibe is the FaceTime is all screwy. Like there's some real VHS uh, shadowing going on. Donald, your transmission is breaking up. Mister Data, try and clean that up. And the the bridge of the Amato is is clearly like on the same design as the. Enterprise, but it is just a mess of circuit boards. Like there's there's circuit boards coming out every everywhere, and it's unclear if that's just like how they set the bridge up, or if those are like circuit boards that they had to like haul out of the consoles and and work on because they're in, they're in dire straits. 
Yeah, and Yamato's captain gets on the blower and he's like, yeah, the whole reason I'm in the neutral zone is because we're digging up these cool artifacts uh, on this planet. Uh, artifacts that that could be extremely powerful and we can't let them fall into the wrong hands. The Romulans could use these for evil. And that's the whole reason I'm out here. And Picard's a little bit miffed about this. Yeah. What are the chances that Picard's counterpart on the uh, on his sister ship is also a total uh, a total archaeology dork? It's a fleet of dorks, is what it is. Yeah, just a bunch of nerds with uh, starship commands. Yeah, the test to become a galaxy class starship captain is a forensic memory of the Indiana Jones saga, <laughs> a, a big stupid hat, and an interest in archaeology. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Uh, Varley and Picard seem to be like approximately the same age. Do you think they went to the academy together? Like they, they know each other. They yeah. purport to have a familiarity, uh, but they don't really go into it at all. Yeah. I think both... that's because everyone that Picard says he knows on the show ends up dying. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Wait all a of second. his best friends are dead so far. What about that uh, lady that he wanted to uh, hit in the teeth with a chair after her Oh, Lou prosec- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, she that's survived. a fair case. Yeah, she, she survived did. that chair to the teeth. She was only maimed. <laughs> in the bedroom after the trial. They're they're on the uh, they're on the FaceTime very briefly with this captain, just long enough to sort of get the the plot underway when the Yamato goes critical and just blows up right in front of them. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I kind of wish we had met this captain and this ship like for real a couple times. Like we've seen the ship, we've heard about this ship before, but it, it would have been nice to have this captain like be sort of an established character that we encounter from time to time. Like, and there's there's plenty of times on the show where they, like, radio up uh, the captain of another ship. Uh, and I think that if if they had done that, this would have fent- felt incredibly impactful. Like, holy fucking shit. Like, they just, like, a whole ship blew up, you know? But uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really land, at least for me. I don't know. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I think the way they played it was... You can either play it as a tragedy due to relationship, which is, I think, the case that you were making. Like, why don't we know a little bit more about Varley so that we feel his death more acutely? But the way the show ended up playing it was about quantity. Like, thousands of people died in a couple of seconds. And that is the way that uh, the crew interprets the tragedy and processes the tragedy. So I, I think I'm on your side. I would have rather felt the tragedy more like individually i think those those hit a little harder than just like right uh than a you know a ship getting blown up i thought the the way that the ship exploded was especially terrifying like it wasn't a total destruction yeah like the star drive totally explodes but then the the saucer yeah you kind, kind of, of watch kind it of slowly burn off in space yeah the the skin kind of peels off and uh, and it's a little slower than the other section. It was pretty rough. Yeah, the it other... kind of goes out like uh, 
like Ginger Jesus's chorus, like <laughs> like you know how when they were shot with that that ray gun, they they got reduced down to skeletons. And yeah, you, skeletons you, you see their musculature, then your skeleton, then your. That's what the saucer section looks like. It got skinned, and then <laughs> and then it got exploded after that. Yeah, this uh, this whole sequence is like okay, th- it's it's you know mid to late. 1989 we got to get our last little 80s shit in so like the explosion effect is super 80s the music cue that they play is super 80s everything about this episode is just like like these aha music video type characters are are, are not gonna play in 1990 so so we got to get our rocks off now sir Indicate no life reading, sir. Like a like a car alarm going off uh, in a city street. Uh, this explosion draws the attention of a Romulan warbird, though. Who yeah, decloaks uh, right off of their bow, being like, "What the hell?" I feel like th- there are warbirds decloaking every single time a car alarm goes off in my neighborhood. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, and their bridge is super smoky, and they are doing what what Romulans be doing, which is kind of being vaguely threatening and antagonistic without ever doing any overt provocation. And you ever use that that spray on any of your productions, the uh, the fogger? Uh, you know, it's one thing that like I was like vaguely aware of in film school and then forgot about for like 10 years. And now like I see it in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's any atmosphere in a shot. It's really hard to do right, I think. I agree. I mean, especially in the late 80s. But uh, they make they make cans of it. So you don't necessarily have to like rent the machine. Yeah. And, like fog shit up. You can just sort of spray it tastefully into the air. I DP'd a music video for another student when I was in on my study abroad in Ireland and we went into like a forest outside of Dublin and You only do rap videos, so was this an Irish rap video? It wasn't. It was like a uh it was a it was like a a, a singer-songwriter, but it was okay. like a it was a, a a little red riding hood scenario. Uh-huh. And uh and it was very, uh, it was pretty fun to like use the like industrial size smoke machine in a peaceful Irish forest because it really made it look crazy. I bet it occasionally draws the wrong kind of attention too. <laughs> yeah, Romulans were decloaking everywhere. It is the guiding principle of a dark reading face. Have you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth? You don't deserve to wear that uniform. So here's what's going on. The, uh, the Iconians, the ancient race that Captain Varley was uh, trying to find the technology of uh, were, you know, some super powerful race that are, you know, vaguely mythic in the same way that a lot of these uh, ancient civilizations that come up in this show are. And, um, and Varley thinks that if the Romulans find the Iconian homeworld, they will find technology that is... Uh, is going to be like way past what the Federation can repel and it will embolden them to make inroads into Federation territory. So, you know, the captain's logs that he leaves behind are 
are enough to convince Picard that that this is actually worth running down. Should this advanced technology fall into the hands of the Romulan, we might as well dock our ships and defend ourselves with sticks. Before they can start running it down, uh, Wesley, exposition crusher. The boy. Comes into his ready room. He totally Mr. DNA's uh, Picard in this scene. Yeah. There is no other reason for this scene to happen than to educate the viewer on who the Iconians were and why this story is important. Right, because they have they haven't really addressed it up till now, and it's just like, I guess we uh, I guess we just need to toss the boy in here, and uh, we'll excuse it with him bumming out a little bit about the thousand people that lost their lives in the ship blowing up. But really, it's uh, so that we can establish that he now has a silver communicator badge, and that Captain Picard likes T. Earl Grey hot. Because this is also the first scene, I believe, where uh, Picard orders his signature ready room beverage. Do you think that uh, Wesley's silver communicator badge, which, by the way, is the only silver communicator badge there is on the show, like it's, yeah. it's a one-off? I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see it, too. Do you think it just goes to Picard? <laughs> it's like the red phone in, yeah. in, the, in the Kremlin <laughs> that goes to the Oval Office. All it does is it texts Picard with, you up? <laughs> and then... And then a couple of uh, uh, eggplant emojis. Yeah. <laughs> eggplant and squirt emojis. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Picard's tea comes out not as tea, but as a crazy-looking plant. Didn't you order tea, sir? Now that should not have happened. This isn't like the first, uh, the first thing that's happened, but there have been a couple of... Uh, little indicators that all is not right with the way the enterprise is operating the ship's starting to get buggy yeah and so like like uh doors aren't opening up when people are trying to walk through them lights are flickering you got you got little uh little failures all over the ship they tell this romulan ship look i know you don't want us here but we're gonna stick around so we can complete this investigation don't count on us just leaving because you want us to uh, we're going to chase this mystery down, and we're going to leave when we're done. Fuck you guys. Uh, we're going we're gonna to set a course to the last planet the Yamato went to, and they go ahead and do that. Right, and they've, uh, they've uncovered some footage of the previous episode that the Yamato was in, in which a, a probe comes up off of the planet's surface and scans them. And they, they kind of figure out that this is the triggering event for all of the all the failures that befell the Yamato ship and they start to sort of link the fact that the Yamato dumped their their ship log to the Enterprise to why they're having these these little malfunctions of their own. And I think at one point Jordy says like it's it's gonna happen slowly on the Enterprise because the alien program that's the culprit got loaded into just the ship log area, but when the probe scanned the Yamato, it affected everything all at once. And so the uh, the Yamato was doomed much quick, more quickly than the Enterprise. Yeah, and Geordi realizes this uh, as the Enterprise is, is coming into orbit of of the Iconian planet. So yeah. the Iconian planet, like, launches one of these probes. Captain, 
projectile launch from the planet surface. And Picard's like, hey, uh, hey, Jordy, check it out. I'm going to assist you in your research. We're going to get one of these probes. We're going to capture it for you so you can study it. And at that exact moment, Jordy is like, holy shit. No, sir, wait! Like, this is the key to the whole thing. If this probe starts scanning us, we're fucked. But his communicator doesn't work. Captain! Captain! And... He uh, he can't get a message out to Picard, so he's got to run on foot up to the bridge. Yeah, and uh, he runs. He he tries one door; it's 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 blocked. So he goes to another, gets on the turbo lift, and he has has what I will call Geordie's wild ride, much in the style of Mister Toad's. Yeah. <laughs> he is like being jerked around left, right, up, and down, and <laughs> and at one point, like the turbo lift is plummeting, so he like flies up to the to the ceiling and is like being pressed by the acceleration into the ceiling and eventually gets to the bridge where the doors open and he literally like flies out <laughs> it's like it spits him out yeah he gets pretty fucked up yeah i mean unlike mr toad's wild ride which is like an allegory about drinking and driving i'm not sure what the message is here to <laughs> uh to Jordy's wild ride but uh it was pretty violent yeah pretty it fucked him up bad. So he gets to the bridge and he's like, shoot that thing. Shoot it now. And uh, to Picard's credit, he, he doesn't like, he doesn't interrogate this. He says, he trusts Jordy, that Jordy, uh, you know, ran up to the bridge for a reason. So he, uh, yeah. he has His Worf. chief engineer has been vomited onto the bridge. It's a little <laughs> out of the ordinary. Yeah. So, so Worf, Worf zaps that thing and uh, Jordy explains that uh, this this probe would have meant their certain destruction if uh, if they'd let it scan them. My, my love is a peep of longing tail for that which longer nurses the disease. This is the part in the episode where I started to think, why don't you just delete the logs? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they know now at this point that the logs are the problem. Why don't they delete them? I don't understand. I'm sure that everybody that's downloaded the Mission Log podcast feels the same way, Adam. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Boy, our, our, our rap feud with Mission Log is really like the, the coldest of Cold Wars. We got a message from someone on Twitter that said that they started listening to Mission Log because of our show. That is, is there anything more insulting than that? That is one of the most incredibly insulting things I've ever heard. I'd rather be slapped in the face. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody drop a mission log on my chest. <laughs> the dirty data. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, they decide to beam down to the like one part of the planet that still has a, an energy signature. And the technology that the Iconians had that uh, everybody's so freaked out about turns turns out to be a way to like walk through a door into another place in the galaxy. Data quickly reverse engineers the Iconian language based on a few languages that have similar glyphs in their writing and is able to understand the computer system pretty quickly. And so Picard, Worf, and Data are down on the surface and they open one of these Iconian transport doors. And that, it, you know, it's genuinely like a pretty freaky idea. Like if the Romulans had this, they could just walk into like the Federation Senate with soldiers and waste everybody without, 
you know, and you know, the Federation would have no way to stop such an attack. Or, so, I mean, they wouldn't even have to go with any people. They could just roll a bomb through the door, and then that'd be it. That is true. Um, It'd be a great way to deploy weapons. Yeah, maybe they'd maybe they'd roll one of those uh, one of those make everybody into a dust person bombs that they had in Star Trek Nemesis, the feature film. Fucking Data, like, walks right up to the doorway and just sticks his arm into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Picard is like, Data, what the fuck are you thinking? That is such a dumb idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like a guy, like, dropping his wedding ring into the, uh, into the sink disposal. And, yeah, and, and reaching like, in after it while it's running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is he thinking? Yeah. Data's such an idiot sometimes. Yeah. For being the smartest person on the ship. Sure is an idiot. Yeah. This is like uh, I, uh, at a high school party with my best friend, who's a very, a very smart guy. This, this kid, uh, I, don't know, I, I can't remember what he did. He like spilled something on the floor. And, and uh, this kid goes, Michael, you, you are the dumbest smart guy I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible compliment. It would have been fun, right, if like the if the scene had changed on the other side of the door and Data's arm had just been severed at the elbow. <laughs> Do you think they? I mean, they went to that planet and they had a whole lot of like data parts there, spare, data and lore parts. Spare like, data parts. Do you think they had spares from that mission? And do you think that's why Data felt like one of his arms was expendable? I mean, Riker took one of Data's arms off in in court. I mean, do you think that uh, Data wanted to destroy his arm after what Louvois did to it? <laughs> she 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 went and put it on the uh, on the judge's chair and sat on it for half of that trial. <laughs> Data oh, has never God. felt clean since. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't do these scans. All the fingers want to do is a come hither motion. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the worst show we've ever done. It's a rocky start to getting back on the horse. It's like riding a bike covered in dick jokes. Damok, Angelad, and a good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. 
With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. They keep poking around in this computer and eventually Data gets zapped and it is the alien program going into Data and... Uh, that's bad news bears. Data is is blind and like physically incapacitated, and so Picard says, "Worf, pick up Data." The the door that is like rotating from place to place. It's like Parthenon, crazy desert, crazy ocean, and then occasionally it's showing the bridge of the Enterprise. And so every four minutes they have an opportunity to go to the bridge of their ship. And so Worf walks through this door with Data and Data's basically declared DOA. Like like they they lie him down in engineering and it's like, sorry, like no, nothing nothing Jordy can do to, uh, to right this wrong. We had an expert, a Maddox, somebody. I... They really dumb viewered that moment too, because for some reason there's like an EKG sound that goes flatline. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's just the only. What exactly w- is flatlining with him? It's the only way I can get off anymore, you know. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, and they they do the whole uh, like Jordy closes the dead guy's eyes. Yeah, yeah. That. Has anybody ever done that in real life where they drag their hand across somebody's face to close their eyes? I don't know. I feel like I would just go with like two fingers and grab each eyelid and move them down. (laughs) 
I feel like I would grab each eyelid and then flip them inside out like uh, <laughs> like kids used to do in, in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I would grab the tongue and make it into a taco. Pretty fucked up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you want to keep it light I, in that I, moment. I'm pretty sure this is how Data would want us to remember him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, before before Data was like completely shut down, he explained that Picard could launch more probes, but keep the probe doors closed so that the probe launch systems would like nuke the the site that this. Iconian transporter is at, uh, thereby denying the Romulans any any ability to learn from this technology. So once Worf and Data are through, Picard sets this process in motion and uh, barely escapes by stepping through the door. And where does he end up? But the bridge of the Romulan ship. And uh, He's pretty quickly like there's like a bunch of Romulans that are like hot 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 <laughs> and come and surround him with their phasers and uh, even by by eighties shoulder pad measure like they're pretty shoulder padded out yeah on and their I, uniforms I I wonder when nineteen ninety rolled that around and the and the Romulans became a more regular part of the show if they didn't regret what an 80s ass design they they went with with the uh the Romulan military uniform yeah and even Patrick Bateman's like cooler with those shoulder pads man <laughs> yeah yeah uh they're not happy to see Picard on their ship you know at first they're unhappy to have him there but once they realize that they won't be able to turn off the self-destruct uh sequence that their ship has has turned on. I mean, because by this point, the Romulan ship is full on infected with this virus. Yeah, and the, the like, only way we can like figure that they got the virus is by tapping into the communications between the Yamato and the Enterprise, which is a pretty scary thing to think of, right? Like, I mean, that's like like how the Allies won the war against the Nazis was like knowing how to how to decode Nazi transmissions, and like. And like, if the Romulans are are able to just like freely read the transmissions between the Yamato and the Enterprise, the flagship and sister ship of the of the Federation, like Federation has has big fish to fry. Yeah, I'm sure they're looking at all those emails like in some sort of graph presentation. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is the first officer doing sending so many emails with attachments? <laughs> Yeah, why does he have so many so many subscriptions to uh, adult websites? <laughs> why does he have fourteen email addresses? <laughs> what's this? What's this thing he's selling on eBay called the Riker Collection? Riker buns at Enterprise dot com. <laughs> yeah, what are, what are all the Riker email addresses on the Enterprise? Let's, let's go through a couple. Oh yeah, I mean he's gonna gonna have uh, Commander Boy sixty nine for sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, first lover <laughs> at Enterprise dot com. Live long and pork her at Enterprise. <laughs> I don't know. Does Enterprise does the Enterprise have its own domain or is it like is it like enterprise.federation.gov? You know. Yeah, I mean in every in any like government institution the, the email handle are, is way too long. Yeah. It's just going to be a email gore. Yeah. 
Riker gets a fix on Picard, and because the Romulan ship is so messed up... I cannot deactivate the auto-destruct. Their shields aren't up, and so they're able to beam Picard right off the Romulan bridge, and he kind of talks shit to the sub-commander in charge of this ship as he's being beamed away. You will die with us. Not, I think, today, Commander. Which I thought was a pretty a pretty cool move on, on Picard's part. And, yeah, uh, he kind of double middles his way off the ship. Yeah, kind of cold blooded. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a not today, sub commander. And um, ooh, is that your first real Picard impression? <laughs> not today, uh, sub commander Theo. <laughs> you have to understand that my crew can beam me off the ship whenever they want, Rudy. <laughs> and, that, uh, it just cripples me every time. <laughs> they get, he gets onto the, uh, onto the transporter pad and is like, hey, Riker, let's get the fuck out of here. That ship is about to blow. And Riker, uh, to his credit, sends a transmission to the Romulan ship explaining how they can unfuck their computer core using the same turn it off then turn it back on again technique that Jordy developed. Yeah, I mean, Picard is supposed to be a great diplomat and he seems really satisfied with the idea of letting them die over there. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know that Jordy solved all the problems while he was gone. I I don't know. I just felt that like he was super comfortable with the idea of that ship exploding. It kind of resolves a lot of problems for him. Yeah. Well, he's he's also a man that's not afraid of a challenge. I mean, they've read his emails. Yeah. They've read his <laughs> yeah. emails with Wes. I think I think he's probably really okay with them dying. Yeah. Think about the smear campaign that you could get going if you had an agent in the Romulan Empire feeding you information from this from this wiretap. Like Oh god. This is uh this is the era of data journalism and uh the the data dump from the Enterprise computer bank would be a real a real fucking full-blown scandal it'd be a nightmare for a lot of people this would be the pentagon papers of the 24th century (laughs) clearly uh and that's that's the end of the show yeah how'd you like it i don't know (laughs) i it was uh my memory of it was better than the rewatch certainly well let's let's give people some context for your for your negative review here adam you're you're fresh off of uh some some uh spanish oyster derived food poisoning head yes. cold you're, you're jet lagged you're not you're not your you're not your best self right now i mean usually on this show you can count on me to be bright-eyed and positive yeah just the real the real sunshine of this show the real raisin brand sun of the greatest <laughs> generation with two scoops of love on every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I guess that is a little out of character. Uh, I thought it was an okay episode. I mean, definitely not like the best we've watched by a long shot, but uh, I don't Anytime know. you can destroy a Galaxy-class ship on an episode, I'm down. Yeah, let's, let's, see, let's see him blow up at least once a, a season, you know? Yeah, I'm into that. What's the, that one movie that's terrible uh, is still pretty good because you get to see the Enterprise like crash land on the surface of a planet. Yeah. What is that, that Generations that that happens in? It is Generations. Yeah. Boy, that movie sucks. You're not wrong. 
That movie does suck. <laughs> We're probably going to have to watch it one day for this podcast, Adam. So brace, I do that. brace yourself. I could get it up for that. <laughs> As you were watching, did you come across a Drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! Yeah, um, I have very little to stand on with this Drunk Shimoda, but uh, there's a scene uh, as they're sort of getting used to the fact that the Enterprise is falling apart all over the place where Geordi is on some computer console in engineering and gets gets a uh, electric shock and Data is just standing next to him and like grabs his shoulder and like tosses him off the, <laughs> off of the uh off of the console disconnecting the uh electric shock from from Jordy and saving his life and uh just just Brent Spiner's performance doing that he's like hey, oh oh <laughs> Yeah, like a man who doesn't know his own strength. Like he do- he doesn't make any sounds, but yeah, like you see him in the background, like whoa, what have I done? And uh, it it just really like made me laugh. In uh, I got as good a laugh out of that as I ever got out of uh, Assistant Chief Engineer Jim Shimoda. So that's my drunk Shimoda data. What a weird part of the episode to play for humor. Like <laughs> like shit has gone real dark. And they do not have a solution to this problem. People are talking about, like, resigning themselves to the idea that they're going to lose the ship. Like, and and this weird, like, one-minute comedy bit happens. Yeah. It's at, at in that same part of engineering that Jim Shimoda was in. Which is, like, I feel like we've had drunk Shimodas take place there, like, four or five times now. It's sort of haunted uh, by his memory. It's yeah. Jim Shimoda Corner. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, to me, Data sticking his arm through that gateway was like the ultimate drunk guy at a party <laughs> telling everyone that he can jump off the deck. And hey, not guys, look at this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Data got it twice. That's great. Yeah, twice for two different scenes. Good job, Data. I thought Worf played up, like, the color of that electric shock that got Geordi looked very similar to the one that got Worf in that early season one episode. Worf at least had the presence of mind to scream to let everybody know that he was being hurt. Yeah, Geordi just sort of flopped around. Come on, Geordi. <laughs> Get it Gotta together. do better than that. <laughs> I am the cutest of all. What do we have coming up next time? The next episode is a pretty notorious episode, Adam. The Royale, episode 12 of season two. Investigating the discovery of a piece of metal bearing a United States Air Force insignia, the away team finds itself trapped in the world of the Hotel Royale, a novel come to life. Uh, I don't know who writes these, uh, these captions, but I'm pretty sure it was a NASA insignia, not an Air Force insignia. Do you, do you remember this app, Adam? This feels like one of those dress-up episodes that I hate. I have a real soft spot in my heart for this episode. I remember it very well, and I and I like it. I'm fingering my veto right now. Are you really? Yeah. I mean, uh, so we are recording this before we know the outcome of our veto poll, but I suppose you could veto. It, it would... It would Push off any action on that poll until next season, which would be an interesting choice. I love how we appeal to our listeners. And then the idea that I would just be like, oh, fuck them. All right. 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to veto this episode. Let's watch it. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I will see you there, and I will see you then, Adam. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm not. If uh, if you have any thoughts or comments about this or any other episode we've talked about, you can find us on Twitter at hashtag greatestgen. I am there at Cut for Time, and Ben is there at Benjamin AHR. And we also have a Facebook group now. Yeah, Austin Harper, right friend on. of the program, uh, started a Facebook group for us at facebook.com slash group slash greatestgeneration. And uh, there's been a fair amount of chatter over there about the show. You know where else there's been some chatter is on the Maximum Fun subreddit, which uh, people have been kind enough to post whenever we have a new episode. And if people want to uh, talk about talk about the episodes there, there's always a place to do it. And uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, who's, who's done that over there. And uh, I am on Reddit pretty much every day, so I'll, uh, I'll definitely be chiming in there from time to time. Uh, See, I was just going to say that Reddit is a great place for weird porn and for <laughs> talking about podcasts. <laughs> and Ben's over there all the time. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Thanks to Dark Materia for our music, our uh, opening music and interstitial music. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time on The Greatest Generation. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.